Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in um, and for believing in me. It means the world to me. We are uh, cranking, man. We've got, uh, we're ranked in the top 100 in mental health, and that just blows my mind. But it's because of you guys tuning in week after week and sharing these episodes. So thank you. And it's also because of my sponsors. Um, I have Mori Nutrition. They ha- now have a drink called Calm. It helps people with anxiety. They're the official drink of the BeliefCast. Uh, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried and & Jensen, and Thread Wallets. Thank you for believing in me. And then the music you heard at the beginning and at the end of this episode is by my good friend Paul Cardall. He's an award-winning pianist. He's got 25 million active listeners every month. He's amazing. Thank you, Paul, for letting us use your music, and I love you. Um, here we are, man. We I've had some amazing guests on the last couple of weeks, and they just keep coming, man. It's amazing what people are doing. I've always been blown away. I think people are astonishing, and today's no different. We have Rob Searstens with us today. Rob, thank you for being here. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor. Yeah, man. You are uh, an impressive human being who's been through a lot in his life. Right. Uh, you're doing a lot of good. Um, I would probably call you more of a mentor, if you will. I know you do coaching sure. and whatever, you know, life coaching, whatever yeah, yeah. you want to call it. But man, you're a mentor to so many because people look up to you. Because again, you've been through it. Right. You you turn things around. You're doing good in the world. Right. And so I I look at that and um, I I've learned a lot from you with not even knowing you right. yet. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The research I've done on you, I'm like, I learned a lot. Yeah. And it's even helped me with my own clients. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. You know, why don't we just start off, uh, tell us about your childhood. Tell us uh, growing up what that looked like and yeah. maybe where you, you know, where everything started. Yeah, my, my childhood was a little little bit more difficult. Um, I was adopted at a very young age. And the first couple of months of my life, I lived with my 17-year-old mom and my four-year-old sister. And she would leave us for days at a time. She, you know, had some drug problems, some promiscuity problems, you know, and don't really know. But my, luckily I was lucky enough to be adopted with my sister. So she remembers a lot of it, but she remembers different men coming home and then Mm -hmm. different abuses happening. A lot of neglect, a lot of malnutrition. And so by the time we got to my family um, that adopted us, it's, you know, we were very underweight and, my mom always told me I, I never cried. Um, mm. It was almost like I was all cried out, right? And so I didn't yeah. cry when I had to go to the bat, when I needed to change a diaper, when, you know, I was hungry, when I was awake. So she, it would worry her a lot. Yeah, emotionally done. Right. Yeah, just. Right. And so, wow. you know, I grew up in Holiday, Utah, which is a beautiful neighborhood, beautiful, beautiful town. And yeah. unfortunately, I, I grew up in, with a lot of racism, you know, and. You know, it is something I had to deal with in a, in a physical manner. I, I got beat up a lot. I got spit on. I got rocks thrown at me. And so that was my life for all through elementary. And, you know, the only place I really found solace was through sports. And, you know, I was faster than kids three, four, five years older than me. And it's the only place where I felt belonging. Yeah. And, 
that, you know, someone's seen. But other than that, like I would have friends one day when they're on my team and then they would turn around and bully me the next day, Really, you know, back in school. So yeah, what I did is it, is it started ingraining really deep, you know, a lot of unworthiness and self-hate and shame and confusion of to, you know, why I was in constantly fight or flight already, not just from my birth mother, but, you know, from the community I was living in. Yeah. Right. And so that was my childhood. Um, didn't have any friends. And, you know, sometimes I get invited to birthday parties and I didn't realize this, but they, they, they brought me over just to make fun of me and bully me because I was different. Really? It happened, it happened on several occasions. And so from a very young age, I understood what darkness was. Yeah. Was there any other kids that were black as well? No. Or were they all white? All white, maybe a couple of Hispanic kids. Okay. And there wasn't even any Polynesians yet. Um, so so you really were an easy target. Easy target. Um, growing up, obviously, mm -hmm. right? You stood right. out, if you will. I did. Yeah. And um, kids kids can be ruthless, yeah. right? <laughs> they, <laughs> they were. They were, for sure. And, and again, I mean, I was bullied at some point, but sure. nothing compared to what you, I mean, I don't know obviously what racism's right. like. I'm not right. going to try to pretend I do, sure. but you know, I've had a lot of people on my podcast who have been in your right. shoes and it gives me some form of compassion and empathy sure. for you that you had to deal with that. And you know, we, we hope that, you know, people here in Utah are kind and nice, but right. kids can be ruthless. Right. For sure. I mean, it's, it's part of it. And you know, I'm not ever going to stay like, well, it made me better or I had to go through what I go through. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but I'm just going to speak it while it's on my sure. mind. I don't sure. ever look at trauma with gratitude. I don't ever look at my abuse mm. that I've gone through with gratitude. Mm. I look at the healing components and the wisdom I've gained and the compassion I've gained from it. Yeah. With absolute gratitude. Yeah. It makes sense. But I'll never look upon the trauma and what I've, I've experienced and the places it took me to with gratitude. Mm. Right. So I, I like what you're saying. I, yeah. Again, but the healing process from that, you're grateful for, right. obviously. But while you're going, yeah, why would I be grateful that right. this happened to me right. in the moment it was happening? Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Right. And I'm glad you clarified that because sure. I think that's, that's that, and that's okay. And I, right. I don't, I don't argue with you. And I don't right. think anyone listening to would either. Right. So you're adopted. You come here, you start playing sports. I would imagine when you're on the field or the court, you're like, you felt free for right. a minute. Right. You probably almost maybe dreaded when the game was over. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> I would be looking at some of my teammates and I'm like, you're loving me now and you're going to be, you know, cruel to me tomorrow. Yeah. And it happened all the time. All the time. Right. So. Did you have other siblings with the adopted family? So I was adopted with my sister and then they had oh, okay. three bi biological children. Gotcha. Right. And they were all much older. Um, my older brother's 10 years older. And then I have a sister that's 15 and Wait, then another so sister older. that's 20 years older. Right? How, how did they treat you? Great. Okay. Yeah. That, like, so at least you had some safety right. at home? Totally. Okay. Yeah. I had safety at home. My older siblings were a little too old to even know what was really going on. Mm -hmm. um, my brother... Um, Got in the middle of some things a few times. My older brother with my dad, they were my protectors and so was my older sister. Oh, good. Okay. Right. And so, yeah, my, my family was my safe haven and they treated me like everyone else. So we, we bickered, we fought, like all of that, <laughs> sure, but I never yeah. felt like I didn't belong or I wasn't part of, part of that family, gotcha. this family. Yeah. Great. So. And I didn't realize your sister was also adopted with right. the same family. I bet that, that was good. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. It was beautiful. You don't want to split that up yep. and. 
Wow. Yeah. So um, what what sports did you find that you loved the most and started excelling at? What did you notice? Yeah, I loved all of them. I played everything from basketball to volleyball, ran track, but I landed home with, you know, I always say football was my first love and rugby was my mistress. <laughs> right. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't know Robbie's, he's, he's looks pretty good, man. He's, <laughs> he's, his body's uh, definitely a, look like a football player yeah. and a rugby player. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so those those were my sports, and I loved practice. I loved to train. Like it, yeah. it is something because what I found with that is it's the only thing I had control over mm. was my body and yeah. shifting it and pushing it to the limit and seeing what it was capable of. Ooh, yeah. All while I didn't feel like I, w- I had any control over any other facet of my life. Right. Right. And so that's the only thing that that made sense to me was my body. Yeah. Well, and and I you know exercise is powerful, mm-hmm. not just because it makes us stronger and this and that, but what it does to our mind and our right. psyche and even our, if you will, spiritual and emotional strength. Sure. Yeah. So you were probably finding like, man, I feel good when I do this. Right. Absolutely. And it was, it was the only place I knew where to put, a, put away my demons. Yeah. Yeah. Not only through childhood, but you know, all through adolescence and adulthood growing up, it's, I never got into addiction. I never got into you know, any really bad behavior, but I would punish myself in the gym. You know, that, and that's fascinating, mm-hmm. right? Because if people looked at your upbringing, statistically, you don't have a chance. Right. You don't have a chance. Right. And for you to say you didn't get caught up in drugs is actually kind of surprising to me because that right. was going to be my next question. Right. Like you you never got caught up in in any of the things outside right. of what you were just dealing with, with the bullying. Yeah. If for, for some reason, that's amazing. like even today, I'm so careful of what I put in my body and mm. you know, anywhere from steroids to TRT to any of that stuff. It's just like, it's a no for me. Right. Right. And it's, I don't, I don't like foreign substances going in my body. Um, but I'll have my cheeseburgers. I'll have my, my candies and stuff like that. <laughs> sure, so I don't want to yeah. sound like I'm some right. curious elitist by any means. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I knew from a very young age, I'm like, okay, in order to get out of this hellhole I'm in, I have to exceed. Yeah. I have to succeed in football. I have to succeed in rugby, one or the other. And that's the reason I took such good care yeah. of my body to get to where I got. Yeah. Yeah. How did that? How did that help you with your your own psyche and your own mental state, like just dealing with life itself, right? Yeah. So I look back now, you know, from when I started my healing seven, eight years ago, and it was actually a lot of self-punishment, right? It was the unworthiness. It was the self-hate, but I was still, but it was still serving me in a way in the gym and it was serving me on the football field and it was serving me in the rugby field. Cause again, that's the only thing I felt I had control over. Mm-hmm. Right, but I would go to the gym and three times a day. Wow. Right, put in over three, three, four hours, Dang. just so I didn't have to go back to, you know, the darkness that was just waiting for me yeah. as soon as I left. But it's the only way that my mind can function in a way to heal or to keep the demons at bay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I. That makes sense too. You know. Right. So you obviously had a lot of rage, mm-hmm. a lot of anger, because right. again, you're hurting. Right. Like at the end of the day, really what was going on, you're hurting. Right. Did you, did you like, yeah, you're being bullied and pushed around. Did you eventually start fighting back? Oh, or I, Yes. Um, <laughs> after preschool and kindergarten and I started getting o- older, 
and I started identifying the power of my body, I started fighting back, mm. right? And I didn't make it stop. Um, I just took on more bullies at a time rather than just one or two. Oh, gotcha. Right, but yeah. I actually got to the point which also developed a really bad chip on my shoulder growing up and mm -hmm. it made me turn into a know-it-all and no one could tell me anything. Mm -hmm. I was very coachable on the field, but outside of that, okay. like even with my parents and right. other mentors, I didn't want to hear it, right? And, you know, that feeling when you don't, even at a young age where you don't feel anyone can truly see you or empathize for where you are, it develops a very thick ego right right of protection mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what it turned into gotcha yeah, that was also not serving right yeah. yeah and again anyone who's been through traumatic things like mm -hmm. that typically have those same kind of emotions anger right. frustration self-hatred right i mean self-hatred is the killer though right. right right talk about that for a minute because i think a lot of people listening to us right now rob yeah are maybe even to this day are still struggling with self-hatred or they may not call it self-hatred, but right. they are beating themselves up. Yeah, unworthiness, not good enough. Yeah, talk like, about that for a minute because I think that's a very common thing, yeah. unfortunately. What I realize is self-hate, unworthiness, and shame is a lot of times, I would say most times, is projected onto you. Yeah. Either through situations, through parenting, through abuse, through relationships, right? And... Unfortunately, a lot of us haven't developed the wherewithal or the awareness to, to, to have those protections and see, oh, that's not mine. Right. We soak it up like a sponge, mm. right? And we believe everything we're told to us, right? Why we're not good enough, why we're not white enough, why we're not this, why we're not that, oh, wow. why we're not skinny enough, right? Yeah, right. And so what we do is that our brain turns into looking for confirmation bias every day in every situation with every relationship as to why we believe those things. Okay. And that's what I did for years and years and years. Yeah. I was told that I wasn't good enough. I was showed it over and over again. Mm. And so all I saw was confirmation as to why that was true to me. Okay. Right. And so for me, I had to, to really get clear on my belief set. I'm wondering why I believed the way that I believed and why I wanted to die and why I had suicidal ideation. I had to get clear on what was true and what was not, mm. right? We, a lot of times we never challenge those thoughts or else we just continually say them. Yeah, I suck. Right. Yeah, I'm not good enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm too fat. Oh, I'm so ugly. Mm -hmm. And so that's the loop that we continue to stay in, right? And then I'm like, okay, why is this true? Why is this true? And I started looking back to the trauma with my with my birth mother and the sure. trauma of growing up in right. my childhood. And I started seeing how it was in a way injected into my life and my soul as why I believe what it did. Yeah. So if that wasn't true, what is the truth? And then I started healing in a way it's just like, okay, what do I want to be true? Yeah. Right. And for me it was identifying anything you choose to believe is your truth. Straight yeah. up. Right. Yeah. If you choose to believe in that, that is gonna be your truth. Yeah. So why not make it more healthy and more powerful? Yeah. And okay. that's when the shifts start to come. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. And you're right. That confirmation bias is so real. Right. Because you will find it. Right. If you're looking for bad in the world, you'll find it. Right. You're looking for good, you will find it. Either way, right? Right. And especially with ourselves. Right. And that's unfortunate. And again, back to what you've been through. Again, you, you shouldn't be here, Rob. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I know. And it's just great that you are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know I, I want to 
I know this because I've studied a little bit about your life. Sure. Um, you know, you, you grew up in a religious home. Mm-hmm. And and I think that also, as good as that may have been at times, that it was also caused a lot of problems as well. Absolutely. Do you mind sharing just some thoughts? And again, we're not here. Just I'd love to yeah. hear what you think about that because I think people need to hear yeah, what your, for, your view of it. For me, it was... I've never felt more unsafe in a place than in a church. Mm. My body, my nervous system, and I never understood why, right? And I'm opening up and reading scriptures of saying, you know, you are cursed with the black skin. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right. And reading old doctrine of saying that, you know, in order for black people to step into the celestial kingdom, they have to do very arduous work in order to be worthy because of what happened in the pre-existence. And so that compounded my shame. Yeah. So not only are you struggling, then you hear this in the, the written word, right. if you will. Right. And now you're going, wow. Right. So I'm just like, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to be good enough. Mm. Right. And yeah. so that's what was, that was what was going on in my life compounded with everything going outside of the church. And so for me, I was just like, okay, I'll work harder. I'll do this. And, constantly followed by guilt and shame and fear. Yeah. Right. Which are not a serving way for me to operate. Right. Right. It, 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 not for anybody. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when I actually got divorced over 11 years ago, it helped me really reflect on things. And it was about five years before I found healing and the work that I started doing but it actually gave me more choice to be like, okay, what do I want to do and how I want to show up for myself? And what I realized is the program that I was living of Christianity was not serving me. Okay. In any way, shape or form. Right. Right. Sure. There's some good things that, that it taught me some moral compasses, beautiful. Right. Yeah. And I actually left the church with a lot of gratitude Mm. and love. But once I found healing and actually turned into anger, because I found the areas of which I felt controlled, which I felt gaslit, which okay. I felt judged. Sure. Right. Sure. And so there was a lot of places and the anger was actually a healthy anger. It was just understanding what I was deserving of. Yeah. Right. And so I, I don't participate in any religion whatsoever. I find myself very spiritual. And what I've done with that, it is, is taught me absolute integrity greater than I've ever found before because you see these commandments and you see these doctrines that one is supposed to live by and you grow up your whole life and seeing everyone choosing, picking and choosing what those things are and when they want to follow it. Yeah. And for me, that was very confusing. Right. And now it's just like, I am so good with who I am and alignment with who I am as a man and my soul that I know what absolute integrity and accountability is for me. It's powerful. Yeah. And so that's where I am now with my religion stance. And I don't shame or, you know, anyone that wants to do. Yeah. I, I want anyone to choose to believe that makes them better and happy. Yeah. Follow that. Gotcha. But it doesn't mean it's absolute for everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So do you believe in a higher power? Absolutely. Still? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can't define what that is. Right. Um, I don't know if it's energy. I don't know if it's a being. I don't know if it's, I don't know what. And at the same time, I don't care because I feel it more than ever. Right. I don't actually need to know what it looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, going back to that integrity and accountability right. piece that you've, you know, you said you're dialed in on that right. like you've never had before in your life. 
I'm big on those things too. Like I'll teach my clients about honesty, integrity, accountability. Right. Talk about you. You mentioned integrity and accountability. Why? Maybe explain what those mean to you right. and why those are so important because it would be great for our listeners to hear this. Yeah, absolutely. It's the first two pillars I teach with my with my clients and especially my men. And what's interesting is how most people don't really have a grasp on what either of those are. Right. It sounds good. Yeah. Right. But right. <laughs> for me, integrity is, you know, it's different for everybody. It's different for how you were brought up. But being in complete alignment with my moral compass and, and character. Mm. Right. Like we know what's right and wrong. Right. Yeah. But integrity first starts with us keeping yeah. commitments to ourselves. Mm. And what's what the beautiful side effect of integrity with ourself is, is it helps you frame and build self trust. Mm. Because if you can trust yourself, that's when you, your intuition starts to amplify, ha starts to get stronger. Yeah. Right. And it's an absolute superhuman tool that we all have, mm -hmm. but we just don't all know how to exercise it. And so for me, integrity is being in complete alignment with your moral character, Love that. right? For yourself and for those around you, Okay. right? The next piece is being accountable, being accountable with your decisions, being accountable with your wrongdoings. And, you know, I like to say owning your shit. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are terrible at apologizing right. that don't know how to own it. Yeah. Right. And what that is, is so freeing for me. It is so freeing where I can... I love to apologize when, when I've messed up. Yeah. Sometimes it takes me a minute to see that I messed up. <laughs> right. <laughs> but once I mess up, I can own that immediately. Yeah. Right. And what that does with my clients, what that does with my relationships and romantic relationships in my family is when you can take accountability, guess what? It bridges more trust in that relationship. Yeah. When you're in a relationship or a partnership and you, you have a, you have someone that can't take accountability or ownership, that actually takes away trust and safety from that For relationship, sure. yeah, yeah, right. And so it is so imperative that those two, you know, pillars I call them are instilled within each person. Yeah, right. Well, and what I'm hearing too is if you take full accountability, own own your shit, as you say, it it it's a part of integrity because it's your moral compass you're right. talking about like you're in line with it right and your moral compass is i'm going to take accountability for right. my life right right so they kind of go together right obviously and it yeah. also becomes a slippery slope and what i yeah. mean by that okay. is there's a lot of people pleasers mm. and people that self-sacrifice that take too much accountability for stuff they don't need to take accountability oh, for I see what you're saying yeah right and so they kind of die on the sword they're like oh i'll handle it it's my fault i did this and become the scapegoat for other people, which is also not serving, which knocks you out of integrity. Ooh, that's very well said. I don't. I think a lot of people do that, but they don't right. realize that that's right. what's actually happening. Right. You know. Yeah. So there's kind of like you got to have maybe balance is the wrong word, but take accountability for what you need to. Yeah. Leave the rest. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you self punishing isn't serving you. Right. You're actually you're being over accountable, and you're knocking yourself out of alignment. Yeah. You're not honoring yourself. Yeah, beautifully said, yeah. Rob. Thank you. Um, obviously, you're doing this good stuff now. Uh, how did you go from the kid who was raised by a drug addict mom, initially, sure. was adopted, right. bullied, pushed around, suffering, trauma, traumatic events, sure. all this stuff, to what you're doing now? How did that transition start? Like, because you're, you're obviously you help a lot of people, right? Especially men being men, right? 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 
how did you get there? You know, I know that's a lot, big question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you asked me 10 years ago if I was going to be doing this, the answer, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> you asked me eight years ago even when I, right. when I just started, I would have laughed at you. You know, the dream was to play football. It, yeah. it was. That was my way out. And mm. I love the game. I was a student of the game. I In college, I knew everyone's offensive uh, position, what they were doing and how they were doing it. And what position did you play? I was a running back. Running back. Yeah. Okay. University yeah. of Utah. Yeah. Under Meyer, right? Uh, under Coach McBride and then oh, okay. a year with Meyer. A year right. with Meyer. Gotcha. And unfortunately, my going into college, I got T-boned in an intersection just down the road on Holiday Boulevard and Cottonwood Lane mm. at 80 miles an hour by a police officer going to assist another cop at a robbery. Oh, man. And it blew out my back and shifted my hips and to this day i still have problems with it really if you would have hit me six more inches to the left i would have died on impact but um Dang. and so what that did to me is make me very injury prone once i got up to the university of utah yeah for someone that was rarely injured i was injured all the time right and so i'd earn my starting position and get hit the wrong way tear a hamstring back would go out like that was that was my life Oh man. Until eventually I just had to walk away. And that was, the, that was the hardest thing to do. I bet. And so then I spun around in corporate America for, after I graduated for 15 years, hated every single day of it. <laughs> just cause I, it didn't matter if I was selling, you know, corporate phone lines or, you know, professional landscaping. I was in sales, but I, I didn't identify with anything that I was doing. It just felt empty. Yeah. Right. And so I wasn't a great employee. Like I made my numbers, but I did the min the absolute absolute minimum of what I had to do to get my check. And I just knew I was in the wrong place. Yeah. And I just knew I was in limbo. Yeah. And then I eventually got let go uh, from corporate America. And what was funny about that, it, it was like I call it three weeks of hell. <laughs> in that in that three weeks, I lost my job on the same day I was supposed to sign for my house, my first oh, house. Wow. Yeah. And, Dang. and it's, and it, yeah, it was really, really funny. And then I found out the girl, first girl I had been dating since my divorce that I was really falling for was cheating on me. <laughs> this is, this was like the first week. And then <sighs> one of my very best friends actually took his life. Oh man. And to like capitalize on all that. Jeez. And, I was that I was his best friend that he leaned on me because yeah. he understood that I understood darkness. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. And so I felt obviously very responsible for that. And obviously I understand that I'm not now. But at the time at the time I, I wore it I wore it heavy. Boy, that would have been hell. All of that hitting at once, yeah. especially your friend. Right. Right. That was it it was I it it was it was paralyzing. Right. And then my dog at 13 years, I had to put down just to like the universe, just to add like, like, one more. Yeah. What right. next? Right. Man. And that's what it felt like. It, it literally felt like what next. And so I spun around and I opened up this, I, I, I uh, partnered up with one of my close friends at the time and created the startup of a handheld muscle roller to get like the smaller extremities of your, of your body. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. And it was called Vibral. And it was really cool. We got funding for it. We launched it. And 
we raised our, our, our goal within 15 days. So it was awesome. So we're yeah. like, okay, proof of product. Yeah, right. As soon as we raised my, my, what I thought was my best friend at the time, took the money out, said peace out, left me hanging. Oh. And so now I had $30,000 that I couldn't fulfill and I couldn't pay anyone, pay anyone back. And so for the first time in my life, my, my, my integrity and character was questioned. Sure. Right. And I'm not obligated to pay these people back, but it just put me in a terrible space. Yeah, right. Totally. And so here I am at 35 years old, moving back in with my, with my parents, right? Lost all my money, put all my money into this, like $20,000 of money I didn't even have. Right. And what I started doing is started paying people back one by one that I could, like everyone that sent me an email that was complaining, I'd shoot them back a hundred bucks, 50 bucks, whatever they put in. Not everyone wrote, wrote, but I'd say 20%. Yeah wrote back and sure. I feel like I paid all of them that I remember. That's amazing. And so I was stuck in, I couldn't get back into corporate America for my life. And so I started personal training and just doing that to make ends meet. I thought it was going to be three, six months that I'll get hired back on. Yeah. Before I knew it, it was two years went by. Oh, right. Man. And I couldn't get back in. And it was the, in the depth of darkness for me. Like <sighs> my heart, like football didn't work out. Things with that girl didn't work out. Like, Nothing made sense. And I'm like, I don't belong here. I'm a mistake, right? And I just remember the pain and the depression being so, I, I could feel it permeating from my skin and my muscles just all the time. And not everyone understands darkness. Not everyone understands deep, deep depression and self-hate. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a physical response that your body has. Yeah, it's right. just not in your mind. Yeah. And so before I knew it, I was overlooking the valley in my truck with the gun in my head. I was done, right? And I made peace with it. My daughter was like five or six. I'm like, she'll be better without me. You know, I don't belong here. I don't want to do this. My shame was just overbearing. I wasn't sleeping at night, you know, and my body just hurt from all the training I was doing just to stay alive. Cause I, like I said, I didn't go to drugs. Yeah, right. And I made a decision. I don't know why I made this decision, but I, I made the decision. I'm like, all right, I either need to pass on from this life or I need to live with purpose and find a way to heal. Two things that I had no idea what they meant. Right. But it came to me literally why I had the, my finger on the trigger. So mm. I set the gun down. I drove home mm. and I started looking okay i just started i didn't have any money i started youtubing like okay what (laughs) is what is what is abandonment what is trauma like what is all these things and after that i found certain healing circles and Mm. beautiful psychedelic circles that actually opened me up and helped people see me and me see them and understand that i wasn't alone yeah and a big part of my healing was finding belonging in my darkness Wow. Finding other people that have yeah. walked dark because everyone around me, it's just like, hey, Rob, just think positive, <laughs> like be happy. Right. Yeah. Like and I'm just like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Right. It didn't compute. And I, yeah. I felt very unseen by people that truly loved me. Sure. Yeah. Right. They, but they didn't understand. They didn't understand. Yeah. Right. And so me taking full initiative and doing everything I could and finding the correct mentors and making payments to just go to like a $450 healing circle for a weekend and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and people that saw me immediately turned in to what I am today, wow. which is warrior work. Right. 
And warrior for me is truly identifying and fully accepting who you are as a person, right? Full acceptance. And when I explain that to people, they're like, I don't want to accept certain parts of me. Yeah. I'm like, we're not being okay with those parts that we still need to correct and heal and get better, yeah. right? It, it, it's not complacency there. Yeah. What it is, is when we shine light on our shortcomings and our trauma and the places we need to heal with compassion, it's actually so much easier to work with yeah. rather than putting it under the carpet or hiding it with shame, right? It's hard to get to those levels of healing that we need to get to. Yeah. So if you can fully accept where you are as a person and shine the light with compassion, it actually expedites the healing process, Yeah. right? And it takes time to get there, Sure. right? Because there's the shadow work, there's all the limiting beliefs, but you know, really get, getting to a place of full acceptance creates a confidence, a self-knowing, and a power that is unbridled, right. right? I used to walk into a room, hoodie on, don't talk to me, don't look at me, just a heavy cloud of darkness, right? And now it's just like, I walk in a room, everyone feels me. Yeah. Everyone feels me. No, you do have a, an awesome presence about you. Right. Not just because you you look good sure. muscle-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do. You have a good energy, effect, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. about you. Yeah, and that's something I hear all the time, yeah. right? And it's it's actually, when people tell me that, I'm like, I know. And it's not arrogance. Sure. It, it's almost like, it, it's, I, I want to say pride. Like, I'm proud of what I've done yeah. to get to. Because if you would have seen me 10 years ago, you would have been... I don't like that energy. Yeah. Well, and is it also fair to say that you're comfortable in your own skin? So much. Because you, again, you know who you are. Right. You've accepted who you are and what you've right. been through. Right. And it, it, it comes through in your energy and your frequency right. to everyone you meet. Right. Because it, it's a complete turnaround from who I was as a kid. Yeah. Right. Who didn't know anything who I was, who was yeah. terrified. Right. Who... I was so terrified to make a mistake. I was so terrified to do the wrong thing because I didn't want to be beat up. I didn't want to be hurt. I didn't want to be, you know, screamed at in front of other people, which seemed to happen a lot, right? Yeah. And it's so, and now getting to where I am today, a full self-acceptance and continually working and healing on myself. Yeah, it's a, a power that I've never felt that I love to help other people step into. Yeah. Um, wow. So, man, you know, what a, what a journey to get to this point. Right. <laughs> right? Um, so, you know, you go through this transformation, you start to heal, you're going to these retreats, mm -hmm. you're starting to connect with people. Right. W when was it where you're like, you know what, I now want to take this to the next level and I want to be, if you will, a giant for someone to stand on for a minute. Yeah. Like go help another people and what you're doing today and then talk about what you do. So it was really funny how this actually evolved into coaching. Because when I found healing, all my personal training clients were like, Rob, like, and I'm talking about clients that don't even know each other. Okay. All in sequence are like, Rob, you actually need to be a life coach. <laughs> because you've helped me so much mentally, not only mm -hmm. physically, but so much mentally and mm -hmm. emotionally. Yeah. Right? You have so much wisdom. And I thought it was an absolute stupid idea because <laughs> i still to this day i hate the term entitled life coach i hate it yeah right right i and don't it, like it either everyone's a coach now <laughs> yeah, right? everyone's a coach they, yeah. and so but what happened is i took a few of my personal training clients and slowly over time they evolved in 
to life coaching clients. Right. And then slowly after that, it turned in eight years later, I have clients all over the world. Yeah. I run two men's groups. Right. And it's just absolutely something I love doing. <coughs> Excuse me. And so was your, was your question of what do I do now? Like, how's my coaching? Yeah. So now you, you decide you're going to start doing this. Yeah. You're getting influence from, you know, clients that right. are training. But now you've got this amazing program right. worldwide. Right. Uh, I mean, your website's beautiful. You're doing some amazing things. So that's, yeah, right. talk about how that came about, all that. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I, where I struggle as a coach is I'm not really business savvy. Right. And so everything has been so, I've been stacking the bricks very slowly. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm a person where it actually needs to feel good in my body before I do anything. Gotcha. Right. Like yeah. mind logically stuff makes sense. And I'll be told over and over how things need to be. And so over the years, it's just evolved into what it is now. Okay. Right. And I still work mostly on referral. Uh, I pulled back from my social media almost 90%, which, is, which isn't really serving me in a lot of ways. And I also know that the way I was showing up with social media a couple of years ago, it was overtaking what I actually needed to be focused on. Oh, so I, I want to talk about that for a second because yeah. I, I wrestle with this every right. day. I'm on social media for my stuff. I don't like it. Yeah, I hate it. But there's a part of me going, well, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. it but what I'm hearing is you're, 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 you're still cooking, yeah. doing fine. Right. And you've taken a big step back from it. Right. So have you noticed that you, you're doing it in such a way you don't necessarily need all that? I actually need to repattern it a little okay. bit. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And so, so just doing it differently. Yeah. What I love is I did enough videos for like a couple years where people can look at it now and see it as my resume. Yeah. And I don't need to build up a following. I know some coaches that are killing it with not even a social media presence. Mm. Right. Which is great. Right. I would love to get to that level. Totally. Right. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just like, I would love to repattern it. Cause I found, I look back at some of my videos the other day and I saw a lot where that were just being done just to be done mm. rather from, rather than from my truth and my heart. So not aligned with the integrity, your, your moral compass. Right. What it wasn't aligning. It up. wasn't, it was more of like, Oh, I need to get video out. I need to satisfy mm -hmm. the algorithm. I need to get followers. That's what it was mm -hmm. for. Gotcha. Right. And so I, I just woke up last year one day. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, I'm not falling into that program yeah. any longer. So I've actually been in a very long process about how I want to go about it. Cause a lot of times I'll get downloads like, Oh, I got to share this. And those downloads have kind of taken a back seat right now. It's been more focused on me and focused on my clientele. Gotcha. Right. And I, so I, I respect that. Yeah. And not to say like, I, I, I want to go back in, but I want to go back in with a different energy mm -hmm. and I need to figure out what that looks what like. What that looks like. Yeah. Gotcha. No. And I, I really do respect that. I, again, there's obviously some good with social media. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good, but, uh, unfortunately it can get caught up in a bunch of, you know, it can take us off our moral sure. compass, if you will. Right. So, no, I appreciate that you're doing that. So, um, so you do, is most of your clientele men or do you have groups of women as well? Or how does that look? Yeah. So is it, so it's interesting. My primary focus is on men. Okay. And I'll talk a li little bit about that um, in a moment. But I also love working with women. And I find a lot of women that come to me are ones that have lost trust or never had trust within the masculine. Mm. Right. Okay. And so what I love is to help them heal through those parts. Right. 
and actually for the first time find a safe container with safe masculine and powerful masculinity gotcha right it's really important i love working with women okay now with men it is my absolute purpose and focus right with the epidemic with suicide with men Mm, right right i i saw a statistic the other day that once you hit 40 men over 40 and above are 90 percent represent suicide of those numbers Mm. it it just keeps going up right right and so you see a lot of powerful influencers with huge followings from the Andrew Tates to the Jordan Petersons and mm-hmm. some local guys here that have huge followings that I absolutely, how can I say this? I don't like anything that they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. 20, like 15% of some things that they talk about sure. when it comes to men are great. Yeah. Sure. It makes sense. But there's an energy, and this is the piece that I'm stepping yeah. into yeah. when I step back into social media. When men can be found and be seen in their shame and in their anger, that's what a lot of these influencers are attaching them to, mm. which creates greater misogyny, which creates greater anger, which creates greater yeah. self-hate. But right. what these, what a lot of these influencers are doing to the untrained mind is attaching to their shame and anger. They're not telling you how to overcome it. Right. They're just telling you to double down in your behavior. Mm. Right? Yeah. I see a lot of men shaming other men. Yeah. For not being like them. Right. For not believing politically how they believe. Yeah. For not, you know, all these men get up and, you know, in, in their machismo, I guess. And, <laughs> shaming other men for not looking, not being like them. And I have a really, really hard time with that because there isn't an absolute line of what a man is. Yeah, I've seen beautiful, powerful men that are more in their feminine than their masculine. Mm -hmm. And they're just as powerful as any other men. Sure, right. Right, but a lot of these influencers are, are telling you otherwise. Yeah. A lot of these influencers are telling you how to believe and you know, how to bypass work and taking it, not taking accountability, you know, and how to treat women. And, and, it, and it's yeah. actually really, really disgusting. Yep. Right. But these yeah. men are falling into that because they're feeling seen in their anger and shame. Mm. Right. And okay. so it makes sense as to why they create such a following. And so when I show up, especially to my men's groups in these healing circles, looking like I look, having the resume of that I do yeah, of an athlete. Right, right, yeah. And then I'm telling these men like, no, there's actually power in the vulnerability. There's actually so much power in being a gentleman and being chivalrous, right? There's actually so much power in sharing how you feel with your partner rather than telling them or trying to dictate them like we're in the 1950s, right? And so it throws men for a loop, right? And it makes a lot of men, especially coming from the background of sports that I come from, it makes a lot of those men very uncomfortable, Yeah, right? Like vulnerability, like crying, but then years go by and then I get calls from them every once in a while. They're like, all right, I see what you were saying. Mm. Right. And so the message I'm trying to create among men is you actually have to go within and stop following the narrative of shame and anger of other men dictating how you feel you're supposed to be. Wow. Yeah. Powerful words. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. So do you do is, do you do this individually and also with groups? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I, most of it, 
is individual okay. one-on-one, right? Okay, mostly and then, one-on-one stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, with my men's groups, you know, I have, I started a group of introduction into powerful masculinity, mm-hmm. a group that I run for eight weeks and I do it, you know, consecutively or I will be, right? And yeah. then I have my men's group of former men, men's clients and current clients where we meet every other week. Okay, right. gotcha, okay. So that's what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then you have a book on, uh, you have a book, right? Yep. It's, it's on Audible as well. Yep. What, tell us what the name of the book is yeah. and, and how someone can maybe get that. Yeah, it's called Ego of the Warrior Yeah. because it's just an autobiography of my life. I wrote it, um, it's my voice on Audible, and it just highlights everything that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it in a way to, I never wrote it in a way thinking I was going to publish it. It was more cathartic for me. Yeah, just a way to kind yeah. of get it out. Yeah, and, decompress yeah. and process. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I have a book here. And I didn't put any <laughs> advertising or marketing behind it. You know, I just, and you know, when I finally, I finished writing it over five years ago. And then I think I just barely published it like two years ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But yeah, it just talks about, the reason I published it is so other people could feel seen. Right. Right. And understand. And I hear that all the time. Like I, I feel so seen and what you've been through, because I went through a lot of, lot of darkness. Right. And a lot of things that we haven't touched on here just because of the mindset that I had. Yeah. Right. And I also go what I started doing to shift and to step into healing for me. Yeah. Right. Just to give a broader perspective. For sure. Yeah. So what, uh, what do you want to do with this? Um, what are your future plans? Like, where do you see this going? And do you have other ideas and things that you're trying to work on that you want to expand? Or? Yeah. Um, I would actually, with the message that I'm stepping into of what I just shared with you with men, I actually, I have no desire to start a podcast on my own, but I want to be on more podcasts, right? Like, cool. well, I'm, huge, glad you're on, I'm glad you're on this one. Yeah. <laughs> huge, beautiful ones like this one. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to find more stages to speak on. Sure. I want to get to like, I want to get to an international level yeah. of the message that I'm trying to, right. trying to bring. Yeah. And I, everyone sees the absolute disasters we're experiencing in this world. Yeah. Right. And the gravity and the genocides and right. everything like oh that. My gosh. Yeah, and right. what I'm identifying or what a lot of us have identified is how much of it is traumatized human beings projecting their power and will on other human beings. Boys that hurt people, hurt people, right? right? 100%. In order to shift the trajectory of what this world is going, Mm -hmm. we need more powerful people to step into healing. Yeah. Right? Wow. We need more people with voices to step into into healing. Amen to that. And so that is my goal. I don't know what that looks like, right? Yeah, it means more. It means spreading the message of how more people can step into their true divine selves. Yeah, I love right? that. And so that's oh. that's that's where the d- direction I'm going. I haven't really plotted the blueprint of what right, that yeah. looks like, <laughs> but it, what's important is my voice is heard. Yeah, right. No, I love that. And again, you're very well spoken. Again, you have a really powerful presence about Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I mean, I'm hearing you. <laughs> like, I'm feeling it. Yeah, and yeah. I know everyone listening to this is feeling it. Yeah. You know, if there's, if there's someone right now, you've already said some amazing things for to help all right. of us. 
if there's someone listening to your voice right now, Rob, who's in that darkness right, right. now, they are struggling. Right. They feel lost and they're right. listening. And I guarantee you there's someone sure. listening. What would you tell that person right now? Yeah, I love that question. Um, so one of my favorite movies that is not very popular, it's called King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's with Charlie Hunnan. I haven't. Charlie Hunnan from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Okay. And... Yeah. It's a film produced by, uh, f- produced or directed by Guy Ritchie. Mm. So if you like his films, yeah, Guy Ritchie's awesome. But it's 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 the fantasy version of King Arthur. There's tons of those made. Yeah. But what it metaphorically to me, it is one of the most beautiful, powerful stories of transformation, healing, and stepping fully into your power. And there's a part in that movie when he first discovers that he is the born king. He didn't realize he was the born king. And in order to fully step into his power and fully self-actualize, he has to go into something called the Darklands mm. yeah. to see what he's made of and for him to see who he is. Okay. I was in darkness for probably years and years more than I needed to be, Right. And so there's a couple places I'm going to come for this. Sure. The scary thing about darkness is it's really easy to find comfort there, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't understand that haven't experienced it. Yeah. It's kind of like the devil, you know, right? Right. I will stay more comfortable in my darkness than the unknown out there. Yeah. Right. And especially when you're in a place where you don't feel like you deserve happiness, yeah. you don't deserve success. Right. You don't deserve partnership or relationships. It's more comfortable to stay in that darkness because you know that, Mm -hmm. right? So the first point I want to make is realize when you've maybe been there too long. One of my mentors said is when you're in darkness, don't sit around to sightsee. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. But the second component to that is I understand not everyone's going to experience the level of darkness that maybe you and I have experienced, Mm -hmm. right? And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But I also believe with all my heart, it is one of the most imperative places to go to step in to full self-actualization. Yeah. And find truly what your superpowers are. Right? And so I never thought I was going to come out of it. I never thought, which is why I had a gun to my head. Yeah, right. Right? I never thought. And I'm so glad I kept going. There was just a little voice in my head that got stronger and stronger and louder and louder that Mm -hmm. keep going, keep going. And now because of what I've been through, I am the most powerful version of me that I I could ever be. Yeah. Right? But what's unfortunate is some people will go through darkness and not ever really self-actualize from it. Right. They won't take on the wisdom. They won't take on the lessons that they've learned. Yeah. And sometimes they'll project that darkness onto other people because they refuse to look at it because their ego has become so big. Wow. Right. But when you're in darkness, I know with all my heart, you're going to get through it if you choose to get through it. And you will be such a better and more powerful human being that you could ever imagined. And will you'll be able to turn anything that you want into manifestation. I truly believe that. Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying anyone go out and seek darkness. Right. For those that are stuck in it. Yeah. Keep going. Go through it. 
and just see how powerful you're going to become. Dang. It's almost like a training ground for your superpowers. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. 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 Very well said. Yeah. Thank you. Love that. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing this going, man, that, that really helps me too, right. Rob. Seriously. Thank you. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, Rob, and and do your program or right. sign sign up to be a have you as their mentor or yeah. coach, how would they do that? What's yeah. the best way? Yeah, my my website's great, robsurstons.com, all social media platforms as well. I just yeah. have a waiver you can just click on the link okay. and put your information. We set up a call and go from there. Cool. And I'll put the link in the show notes Great. so people can get right to it. But you spell your last name S I R S T I N S. Yes. Rob Searstons. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a tough dot one. Com. I yeah, know. Yeah. It's a tongue twister for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I butcher something every time. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah, this is all part yeah, yeah. of it. <laughs> no I'm human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, this has been fantastic to talk to you, Rob. Thank you for taking time. Yeah, thank and you. It's been an I know we tried to do this earlier. Yeah. But hey, it all happened when it needed to. Right. And I thank you for your time. Yeah. Um, I praise your work uh, and you're trying to make people be better. Right. And it's so cool that you took the darkness you went through, the light you're now enjoying, but you're not just hoarding it. You're no. now sharing it. Yep. And that's the beauty. Absolutely. Man. Isn't that cool? Being full purpose with it. Full purpose, yeah. yeah. And I loved your, I really loved your definition and explanation of integrity and accountability. Right. Those that that hit me hard right. um, because I think those are cru- crucial things for all of us to yep. be, make sure that we do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, thanks for being on yeah, my thanks show. Thanks so much. It's been an absolute honor. Yeah, you Truly betcha. Appreciate you. Okay. Well, I told you guys today was going to be amazing. Rob, man, he's a, he's a good guy, doing great things. Been through a lot. And in, in now he's giving back. So please reach out to him. I'll have his link in the show notes. If you have someone in your life who is in that darkness, send him a link to this episode, have him listen to it, and then follow back up with them. It's a great way to break the ice. You can ask him, hey, what did you get from Rob? And then you can connect him with Rob. So let's please do that. Let's get, the, get this out to as many people as we can, as you guys always do. Thank you for being good foot soldiers and sharing our message. I love you. Again, a shout out to my sponsors. Um, I couldn't do this without you. So thanks for backing me up and helping me with this cause. And one last thank you to Rob. You're amazing. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.